This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have really become mainstream lately. And, you know, so we want to ask yourself, should you have some crypto in your retirement portfolio? On today's show, we're going to outline some things that you want to consider, whether or not it makes sense for you. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin. Of course, Kevin is an investment advisor representative, 30-plus years helping folks get to and through retirement. Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. He is a fiduciary, an independent, and all of those things. Uh, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know, it's always great to be here. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, the uh, I, I tell you what, you are, uh, I love this, that you d decided to tackle the whole crypto thing. You know, we read a lot about it. I, I mean, I read just, I don't know, I think last week that Walmart is now accepting uh, Bitcoin as, <laughs> as a payment method. So it, it yeah. really is mainstream, isn't it? It's, you, you know what, it certainly looks like it's going mainstream. And, uh, you know, it's popping up. You know, we're here, to, if you watch the financial news or listen to the business channels, you hear about it, you know, all the time. Uh, in terms of the price appreciation and where it's priced at now, and uh, a lot of businesses are 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 get, you know opening up to it. I did hear some conflicting stories about Walmart specifically. I saw another oh, really? release okay. after that. Yeah, that came out and said, "No, that wasn't us, guys. That was somebody." You know, so, oh, it wasn't Walmart. Uh, All right, <laughs> that, that's I've, I've seen both sides of that story now. So, uh, um, so the, the but we thought it'd be a good idea to maybe talk about it because some folks are asking, you know, should you invest in this? Should there be a piece of your portfolio? Does it make sense to think of it as another asset class? And so I wanted to tackle, you know, just a couple of issues, give you my opinion on these things. And, uh, you know, then you guys can uh, do what you will with it. Sure. Oh, good. I like it because I think there's so much um, sort of non-information, misinformation and confusion about just what, you know, what is cryptocurrency and, and um, is it appropriate as an investment? No, no doubt about it. And, and uh, folks, the one thing I'd mentioned, if, and, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, First of all, I'm not necessarily recommending that you invest in, in any cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin or any other one. Uh, you know, some people are interested in it because it is in the news quite a bit these days. Uh, and if you have a long term perspective, it might make sense. It might it might show you know, very good returns going forward like it has in the past. Uh, just to give you guys an idea, Bitcoin, you know, it, most people have heard about it now. It is probably I'm sure it's the most popular, I would say, of all the cryptocurrencies. But, but don't be mistaken in thinking that it's the only one, because there are hundreds and hundreds of cryptocurrencies out there. Really? We're in and the hundreds? It's in the, in the hundreds. In fact, I, used, I, w I bought and I was trading Bitcoin years ago. I think it was 2017. Um, and at the time, I was able to do it. it, was, it was, first of all, it was really complicated to do it. It's not like, you know, it's pretty easy to set up a brokerage account, move the money back and forth, you know, to do that. Um, but it was pretty complicated. This was, in, like I say, four years ago. I did it through a website. It was called Binance, and but but banks you couldn't link your bank directly because of the laws. The laws hadn't caught up with with it, right? Sure. And um, you know, but now I just went on Binance before before the show, and and it's been a long time. So okay, I'll, I'll in, in full uh, disclosure here, I did make some money with Bitcoin, but I did not hold on to it for more than several months, and I got out of it and I did something else with it. 
uh, I would have made far more had I just held on to it, which is why I started off saying, I think the way to approach it, if you're interested in, in putting some money in that space, is first of all, only use speculative money that you could lose and it would not hurt you in any way. Okay. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be speculative money, throw a few bucks in there. But guys, to give you an idea, one thing to take a look at, um, you know, that's an easy vehicle to trade, just like a stock or an exchange traded fund, is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And, but you want to recognize it doesn't follow exactly in the same path as the price of Bitcoin. Uh, but it's a way to get exposure to that area. Uh, it trades on the exchanges. You can get it, you can buy it with any brokerage account. Um, and it's simple to do. In other words, simple to purchase. Uh, whereas some people might find it a little more cumbersome with Bitcoin. You have to set up separate accounts. Some brokerage firms are, are, are getting into it now. Uh, you know, obviously Robinhood is one that talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I'll tell you what, the, uh, uh, just to give you an idea. Uh, if you look at Grayscale, Grayscale, it's GBTC is the symbol. And if you looked at it, let's say you, you had incredible foresight. And six years ago, in September of 2015, you put five grand into, into the, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And that day it was trading at 29 cents. 29 cents. Wow. 0.29, 0.2967. Okay. Okay. That's where it was at, uh, at on September 28th of 15, according to my records. Uh, so five grand would have bought you 16,852 shares on okay, that day. Fair enough. And then if you said, you know what, I'm just going to hold on to it. Uh, two years later in December of 17, the price was $21.86. Um, oh my uh, gosh. Okay. And that would have been equal to $368,000. Uh, and that's after two years. Um, and today your 16,852 shares would be $640,000. Wow. So that's a, that's 128 times your money in six years. Okay. So that's why, right. That's why people are interested. Um, you know, some people are on record as saying they think Bitcoin it's, I want to say it's 40,000 something right now yeah. uh, for an actual, the actual quote of price of Bitcoin. There are some people like Kathy Wood that runs the ARC funds, uh, that have gotten a lot of press in the last year because her funds did phenomenally well last year, not so well this year. Um, but she, but she manages billions of dollars. She's on record as saying she believes Bitcoin is going to go to 500,000. Oh my and God. So you know, I don't know how she justifies that or where she comes up with that price target, uh, you know, but it's something that does trade like an independent asset class. It, it, you know, there are some days for a while, actually earlier this year, uh, it was showing a very high correlation to the stock market. And, you know, in other words, when the stocks, stocks went down, it went down, stocks went up, it went up. Um, and it was tracking the market pretty well, but it doesn't seem to be doing it. It seems to have disconnected, uh, in my opinion, uh, lately. And, and so, it is something I think that's worth taking a look at, but only if you can really, it, to me, it only makes sense if you could say, you know what, I'm going to put, I'm going to buy it and put it away for five years. I don't care what happens to it. If I lose it all, so be it. I lose it all. Okay. But, it, but if you can do it that way, you know, whatever the amount is, as I said, speculation, it might, t- I mean, I'm not going to say that I can't imagine it, you know, 128 time return in the next six years. But if you got a quarter of that, would you be upset? Not you know, even. So, <laughs> <laughs> so so I think it's something if you've got some extra money that you can just put away and forget about it, uh, that's the way to do it because it's really volatile. Okay, it really swings. It can swing ten or fifteen, twenty percent in one day. And 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 what happens with a lot of folks if you're too price sensitive, uh, an investment like that is not going to work for you because if it would bother you to see it drop twenty percent the minute after you bought it, okay, because it's very possible. <laughs> a little it could, bit. <laughs> okay, very possible it could happen. Okay, 
Um, you don't want it to bother you. That's why I say look at it in five years. Don't worry about the day-to-day price, the weekly price, monthly price. Don't even look at it is my suggestion. Uh, and I think that's the best way because so many people get scared and they, and they panic and they sell it. Um, ju- just in the last year, to give you an idea, the price of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust um, that I'm looking at, it looks like it has a low of 10 bucks and a high north of 50. And currently it's at 38 or so. Uh, so that's just to give you the range, but it's got a lot of volatility. So it's best... In my opinion, don't bother looking at it after you buy it. Just forget about it. Look at it again five, six years from now. So what do you think of all of the, you, you talked about, a, you know, what, what could be a amount of hundreds of, of different kinds of cryptocurrency out there. What happens to all of them? Is there is there going to be fallout? Oh, I think there's definitely going to be fallout. I mean, I'll tell you that just in my very limited experience, you know, I, I at one point I have traded Litecoin. I traded Ethereum and I traded Bitcoin. Um, and I want to say there was one or two others that I honestly, I can't even remember the names of them anymore. Sure. Um, because when I started, yeah, when I started, because when you go in there, there are ex- entire, I mean, like Coinbase is the obvious, you know, place to look if you guys are interested in doing this. And I don't, you know, I don't work in any way. I don't get nothing. Any, I don't get anything for saying that I'm not plugging them. I'm just pointing out that I believe that's the, that's the logical place to start if you're interested. Um, but you got to consider it very speculative. Okay. Um, it's just like gambling. Uh, if it, see, the thing is, we don't have the laws in place. You know, there are a lot of laws that aren't even in place, like tax, like the tax laws, the tax code. Yeah. Hasn't really, hasn't kept up with it, you know? So how is it going to be taxed? So some people advocate for doing, for, for uh, investing some of your IRA money, you know, into it. And, and that's, and that's a personal decision based on your objective and, and your risk tolerance. Um, you know, but there are places that you can set that up and you potentially could do that. Uh, in my opinion, it should be a very small percentage. If you do want to do that, maybe, you know, I wouldn't go more than 1%, You're right. uh, you know, and, and keep it small. You know, there's, there, there's no limits really anymore in terms of how big or small anything has to be in terms of your investment. You know, back in the day, you used to like when you bought stocks, they wanted it to be a round lot of, you know, a hundred shares or 200 shares or something um, because they charge odd lot charges, but that doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. And, and so, I would say go small if, if uh, you know, if you're worried about losing the money. But if you're really worried about losing money, you probably should not invest in crypto. Right. Well, you mentioned Coinbase, and it's funny because I've had this conversation. So I, I downloaded the app, right? Oh, okay. The Coinbase app. And because apparently that is a way that you can actually spend Bitcoin. Well, I have. You sure. Know. <laughs> so I downloaded the app, and lo and behold, just for doing that, they gave me five bucks. I got five dollars oh. in Bitcoin. I'm going to retire next oh. week, Kevin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, she's yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you look at it, forty three thousand dollars per coin at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was interesting that they gave me five bucks. And <laughs> no, that's cool. I didn't. I I actually haven't done that. I haven't been to that site, and I haven't. I haven't done it. I, I just I only know I, I know about it because it came public, you know, recently and sure. it's in the exchange and it gets a lot of press. Oh yeah, right. Well, yeah, that's kind of what drove me there. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, if you're if you guys are interested, maybe you'll get five bucks too, and uh, you know, in Bitcoin if you sign up. <laughs> maybe um, you will. <laughs> you, you know. So so, so let's so, so we'll let's. See. I know it's pure speculation and all of that. So, but in your mind, are there could there be advantages to uh, you know to investing in cryptocurrency when it comes to retirement or 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 not? Or is it is that just part yeah. of maybe some fun money that we have? You know, to me, I'd only look at it like fun money because right. I personally think it's I, I think it's impossible to know. You know, there there are some like this week there was a real big conference in New York called Salt Conference, and it's a bunch of really rich guys, a lot of really rich hedge fund guys, 
uh, from New York City get together. And apparently, you know, the only thing everyone's talking about is crypto. And one guy I think is uh, Ray Dalio runs a huge, huge hedge fund. Right. Um, you know, he made a comment that, you know, if it does actually pick up any traction, then sure enough, the government's going to outlaw it or something. Um, you know, so the, the fact of the matter is, to me, it, it could be completely eliminated or eradicated if, if the governments decide they don't want it around for, you know, because maybe maybe they view it as a threat to the U.S. dollar. I, I don't know. Um, but I think to, to me, it's extremely speculative because we don't have a regulatory framework in place. We don't have we don't have a lot of the structure in place for cryptocurrencies um, and, and, the, and the different ways that can be used, you know, whether like for loans and deposits. And uh, initially there was a lot of, uh, you know, it was a great place for criminals to put their money, sure, right? Of course. It's a great way to, you know, a great way to launder money. If you can send it all around the world and it can't be traced and it's electronic and there's no record, seems to me it's a great market. It's a great area to look for, you know, for, for dark like money. It. Yes, of course. You know? You know, so 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 it kind of had this connotation as you know, I, I don't not really being mainstream. You know, it's um, you know more on the dark web they call it, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, and and you see these criminal transactions taking place where they're you know like this ransomware, right? The ransomware, the yep. hack attacks that are that are coming. How do they get paid? They Bit get paid in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. They, they want Bitcoin, right? And, yeah. And and so there's a part of me that says if it's so attractive to criminals. You know why? Why? I mean, do I really want to be? In, so I don't. I, I can't explain it. And that's no, why I, no. I, you know. I like I like where you're headed with this thing. So let me ask you this, Kevin. And maybe you know, maybe you don't. And so I mean, you know, it used to be that the dollar was, uh, you know, was the gold standard. It was based on gold, right? Sure. And that, sure. that that went away. So now it's kind of our good faith, whatever. But what is what is Bitcoin based on? Is that is that where we get into the blockchain well, thing? That's that's where is, is I okay, and I'm going to qualify that as I'm not an expert on the cryptos and, and certainly not on blockchain. Um, but yes, I believe that's where it goes in the blockchain and then you get into Bitcoin mining and yeah. some of the people that are behind it will tell you that, well, there is supply and demand because there's a limited number of Bitcoins that are going to be produced, that are going to be mined. And, and I'm saying, all right, but this is, this, this is all like out in this, the, you know, up in the cloud or something. Right. Where. Yeah. I just, mean, it's, there's no physical coin here. There's no, that's no physical that's right. anything. No, there's, there's not, there's not, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no paper like your dollar bill. There's no gold coin or gold bar. And, and so to me, part of the problem, like I, I, I've often went on, I told a lot of clients, for instance, when we have a conversation about gold, I'll say, I've always had a hard time putting a value on it because there's no earnings. You know, like you give me a company that's producing a product that's selling uh, computers, you know, Apple sure, selling sure. I, iPhones. Right. Yep. You can make projections based on the business, right? Based on the business metrics, the revenues, the earnings, and all this other activity. And you can make projections, and then you can look back in history and say, okay, at you know, for the last fifty years or thirty years, however long the stock's been trading, it's had an average valuation of ABC. And so you can look at it and you come to a conclusion that you know it's got a good value, or maybe it's not as good a value, because you have all these other measurements that you can look at and you can see. Uh, and and they're audited too, by the way. So yeah. you you can trust. So you can trust them. But with but with gold, there's no there's no there's no product being right. There's no earnings. No. no. And and so that's one thing I've always said said about gold is how do you value it? How do you know if it's worth eighteen hundred dollars or if it's worth eighteen thousand dollars or one hundred eighty dollars? And and to me, it's just it's just sentiment. I think I think it's just based on market sentiment, right? Is buying and selling based on what seems to happen is when people get afraid. Something bad is going to happen to the U.S. dollar. They, they used to always flock to gold, but now it seems as though some of those folks are taking their money and they're putting it in crypto. Oh, really? Okay, and, I hadn't even thought about it that way, but that makes perfect sense. 
Yes, they 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 they're doing they are doing that, and uh, uh, you, you know, but it's but just bear in mind that these are uh, relatively uncharted territories. You know, we haven't we haven't had cryptocurrencies before this, right? Right. And 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 all of us are still we're tr- still trying to learn it and understand it, right? And and so that's why I say to me, it's best to consider it speculative. Um, if you got the extra money, you can just put it in this. If you're interested in doing something like that, to me, the reason you're doing it is looking for a big hit, you know, making a hundred times your money. And, and, and so to do that, I think you need to forget about it. Don't pay any attention if, you know, to the day-to-day week-to-week movements and just look at it maybe once a year or something and, but do it with the intent of holding onto it for several years, because I'm telling you from my mistake, I could have made a bunch of money having these accounts that I had four years ago, if I'd have left them there. But I, I don't, who knows what it was. I, you know, a lot of things happened in the meantime, um, you know, but I sold my positions that I had in all my cryptos. And if I'd have kept them for years instead of months, I'd have made a lot more money. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, of course, you know, I, I mean, as you know, Kevin, I talked to a bunch of financial advisors all around the country and, and uh, it's sort of a mixed bag. I mean, a few of these guys are just exactly what you're saying. It's you know mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of experimenting with it and and seeing what it what makes sense, but it's hard to yeah. recommend it to a client. It's very it's very in fact I've never I, honestly I have never recommended it for per, to any client. Yeah. Ever. Well, I think that um, makes sense, and I, I would you know yeah. It, well, you're a fiduciary it, and you're looking out for us, and that that's one of the reasons and one of the one of the ways you look out for us. It it, it is you know what and 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 guys I mean just ask yourself though if CR as a fiduciary. Our job is to do what's in the best interest of each individual client based on their individual situation, right? With, with, with all of the lack of knowledge that I'm talking about with crypto, you know, not having the regulatory framework, not even knowing the taxation on it is going to be taxed or capital gains a thing like with stocks, you know, you know, you hold it more than a year as a capital gains tax instead of income tax or how do you tax it? And, um, you know, and the reporting, by the way, the reporting, like when I was doing it four years ago, there was no reporting. In other words, the brokerage firms did not report to any government agency about who was buying and selling the, the cryptocurrencies. So, so, another, so my question is, as a fiduciary, how can I possibly justify that that's in the best interest of a client when we don't have all of this other information? And, and that's where I always come back to it. I say, I just I can't recommend it because I, I can't support the recommendation with any type of fundamentals. And and that's that's the reason why I've never been able to recommend Bitcoin to anybody. Right. Well, I mean, again, that makes sense, and that's one of the reasons that you know I think I like working with a, an independent fiduciary advisor such as yourself. You've got a lot of experience. You're not dismissing it, but you're not. I mean, we're not there yet. There's no, to too me, many. There's too there. many unknowns. There's there's too many unknowns for it to be a, like a standard recommendation. For instance, I'm much more comfortable with somebody having, let's say, five percent of their portfolio in gold. You know, if, oh, if yeah. for somebody, you know, as a hedge, uh, and and that's kind of, I, I'd say it's relatively standard. There's nothing, you know, earth shattering about that. Um, you know, to have a piece of it of it in gold as a hedge, uh, you know, because there have been periods of time, right, when gold has performed very well, and we can look at price charts going back decades on on gold's performance, and then we can look at the data and see how it does, you know, during inflationary times, during deflationary times, and we can compare it. And make a lot of conclusions based on the data that we have, but we don't have we don't have that for crypto. It's just too young, and and so I think I think anytime you get into a new market, for instance, as N- the other one NFT, the oh, NFT market, non fungible, uh, to- non fungible tokens, tokens. Yeah, right? what the heck? 
<laughs> what the heck is right? It's not. I don't. I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> but <laughs> but people are buying it as another asset class. Yeah. And 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 so I think. I, but but you know what I heard also today though that was very interesting to me is apparently a, a, I think it was a Spider Man comic book just sold for like three and a half million dollars. Oh my gosh. And I said, okay. Um, and the theory on the sh- uh, where I heard it was that, you know what? Uh, you guys might have heard that the government, you know, to be like a little off topic, the government in China, right? Yes. Communist government in China is cracking down on a lot of industries uh, over there. It's hit uh, the Macau casino stocks. Anybody that owns Wynn oh, or wow. MGM, Las Vegas Sands, you probably took a big hit this week. If you own them, guys, you should take a look at that. Anything with exposure to Macau uh, really took a big hit because China's cracking down on what seems to be cracking down on basically everything that makes a whole lot of money. Um, you know, and, and so like all the billionaires like Jack Ma that uh, was one of the top guys, I think at Alibaba, he was he, really flamboyant in my view, really rich Chinese guy that was speaking out publicly in China. Maybe this was a year ago or several months ago. And right after he did it, you just started to notice that the government started cracking down on everything involved with him and his companies. Mm-hmm. And, and and so um, so, so the long part of long part of the, the the moral of the story here is that we think the person that's buying that but three point three and a half million dollar Spider Man comic is probably from China, and they're probably doing that to hide their capital, to hide their wealth, um, because they don't want the government to come and seize it. And if it's in a comic book, they're not going to know. So. So nonetheless, I thought it was inter- I thought it was interesting speculation. Wow! Yeah, absolutely. Who, who, who would pay that for a comic book? Who would pay, um, yeah, who would pay that for a comic book? That's the big question. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, so so anyway, we get before we get too far off topic here, though. I do think I personally think you know, especially if somebody's younger, and, and in this case, I'm going to say if you're below like the age, you know, to me, young is you know younger than me, so below, really below the age of fifty. Um, if in other words, if you've got a horizon, you can take a piece of money, you can put it away for at least five years, maybe ten years. Uh, I think that would be a period of time if crypto and Bitcoin are going to really see some great returns. It's going to, to me, it's, it seems like it would be in that time horizon, the next five to 10 years. Okay. And, and so, so I think if you've, if, if you've got some money, you want to go for a long shot, put, just put it in there, forget about it, and just make sure you don't care. You know, it's not going to harm you in any way if you lose it. Then that's the type of money I would say to go in there. Um, but it's, we're looking for a, a huge home run, you know, a huge home run. Like I said, it's up a hundred and well over a hundred times your money in, in the last five, six, in about six years. Uh, you know, so, so that's how I would, that's how I would look at it. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good stuff. And, and so as time goes on, we'll talk about this again, Kevin, I know, and, and I've, I've, I've getting ready for this week uh, talking about Bitcoin. I, I must've read, I don't know, three, diff- three, maybe four different stories about blockchain trying to explain oh, it in sure. a way that made sense. None of it oh, makes sense. <laughs> does it make sense to you? Does no, it? I mean, I understand. I understand the concept, but yeah. it's but it's still kind of hard to get my head around it. Oh, I tell you what, I've been struggling with. I, I'll be honest about it. I've been struggling trying to comprehend the whole, the entire blockchain and every all everything that goes along with it since I started looking at it four years ago, five years ago. Jeez, well, and, I don't and, feel so bad and, then. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. I, I, I really, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm going to default to Warren Buffett's strategy on this one and saying, you know what? If it's too difficult to understand, you should probably avoid it. And I like it. Best advice yet. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's been my, and, and that's when I, cause I was speculating with it when I, when I had those accounts and I said, you know, I really don't understand this. And, and that's when I said, I, I'm just taking my money out. I, I got, I thought I got lucky. I made a profit. Hey, let's, 
you know, let's move along. Yeah. So, you know, so, uh, but it's not, it's definitely not for everybody. No. Um, you know, but if anybody <laughs> no. would like, you know, but I'm happy to talk about it to anybody. If, if you guys have any questions, or would like more information, by all means, just feel free to give me a call anytime. 800-975-6717. That's the number, folks. 800-975-6717. Another great place to go is silverleaffinancial.com. That's Kevin's website, silverleaffinancial.com. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time, can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. the website you know we try to put fresh content up there every week uh it's silverleaffinancial.com uh if you look at our resources section we've got a lot of we've got an ira blog there's tons of articles and information on you know retirements and ira accounts and you name it we've probably got something on the website uh, <laughs> I, I as well as video, you know videos and all sorts of things like that too sure. so well plus all um, of the uh, podcasts are there as well as um you know, speaking of the podcast, you can get this, of course, anywhere you get a podcast, the Apple and Google and iHeart and wherever you get a podcast, you know, just subscribe to it. It'll be uh, sent to you each and every week. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. And that's why we good, like to share information there. And, uh, you know, anything you ever hear in the podcast or any place else, you, you can always give me a call or shoot me an email if you'd like to talk more. Um, you, you know, and one, one other thing, uh, you know, I did want to touch on real briefly was, um, you know, getting more into the retirement aspect of things. Yeah, right. We talk sure. about. You know, when, when we're younger, of course, we're all focused on accumulation, saving as much as we can, putting away as much in our 401k and things, which I definitely you know, uh, recommend. Uh, but when we get towards the decumulation phase and the part of life where, you know, where you're starting to spend that money down, it, it can really be uncomfortable for a lot of folks. Um, and, and one thing that I like to talk about is that when you're pulling out that money, we want to make sure you're thinking about your taxes, right? We want to try to minimize taxation. Um, and what happens a lot of times is people we get uh, people start thinking about taking from the Roth IRA um, because the money you pull from that's going to be tax free, right? And it, and it won't have the same big tax impact. Right. Uh, but what I'd suggest everybody do is when you're when you're getting to this point, look at your withdrawals and your distributions on an annual basis, on a calendar year basis. Okay. Look at it on a calendar year basis with everything you're going to be taking out or or income you'll be making, whether it's a withdrawal or however it will be. If it's a tax, if it's taxable income. That's what we want to look at because it also it's also going to impact your Social Security payments, right? 
Um, in other words, I, what I believe you should be doing instead of taking from the Roth IRA early, in my opinion, it's better to leave that account for later in life because that's how you get the biggest benefit of all the tax-free growth, right? Because it's going to keep growing tax-free as long as the money is in that account, whether it's for you or a beneficiary. And, and so I would prefer to start tapping the IRA, let's say when you're in your 70s, maybe mid or late 70s. Um, you know, that might be late, too late for some people. Maybe they don't want to wait that long. But that's how I personally envision it uh, is something for, for later on that I can try to get a maximum, you know, make as much money tax free as I possibly can. I like that. I mean, tax free always wins. It's, hey, you know, <laughs> it does, in my opinion, too. You, you know what? One thing I do have to mention, um, you know, that I, because some folks ask me, they're like, well, you know, what if the government takes that away? <clears throat> and so what surprised me and what I usually say is I can't imagine the government taking that away because I, to me, that would be political suicide. Oh, gosh. Yes. I, I can't imagine the, 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 you know, the senator or congressman or woman that signs that and gets behind that idea, you know, because I think they're going to be voted out the next election. And, and it seems to me every single politician, the one thing they want is to get reelected and stay in office, um, you know, which personally I'm for term limits, but that's another conversation. That's a- uh, you know, <laughs> so, you know, so, uh, um, but going back to that conversation, the reason I bring it up is because it is in one of the Democrats bills on con- in, in Washington right now. Right. Uh, there is some, there's some sort of conversation taking place about whether they should either eliminate or reduce the Roth IRA tax benefits for the wealthy. Uh, Now, I have not yet seen how they define wealthy, Um, but I just want to mention to it, it is it is being talked about. Um, I I, I still stand by my opinion. I can't imagine it would ever be passed because I I think that would be an absolutely horrible thing to do. Right. you know, but it is part of the conversation. Well, I think one of the things that uh, that I'm working on on, on this side is, uh, you know, again, I've been reading a lot about the, you know, the, the tax bill that's going forward and, you know, all of that. And it's too early to, to even get into a lot of detail about it because none, none of it's happened. But again, over the next right. few a few months or a few weeks even, uh, we will have a conversation about that once things become a little clearer because I think there's a lot of information and a lot of things that, that could impact uh, those in or near retirement. Oh, and there I, is no I, and I'm not saying it's a no negative question. thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's going to have an impact. Oh, it's definitely going to. Well, well it definitely have an impact. For instance, one thing, you know, one thing I would encourage everybody to do is look up and pay, pay attention to what they're talking about in Washington right now about Medicare and possibly expanding Medicare. All right. They're talking some, something that I've been in favor of for a long time. And for the life of me, every time the Republicans block it, I, I, I want them to have to explain to everybody why they block Medicare's ability to negotiate drug prices. All right. It's the Republicans that are blocking it every single time. And, and so in other words, they're favoring the pharmaceutical industries over the prices that people are paying for their prescription drugs. Um, it is in one of the bills. I think it got axed by the by one of the committees. We don't know if it's going to be back there, but one of the provisions they're trying to put into Medicare, okay, as a way to pay for the expansion of Medicare, just so you guys know, they're talking about adding vision, vision, dental, and hearing to the medic to what to the uh, issues, you know, to the to the symptoms or problems that are covered under Medicare. Which are not covered now. Right. They are. They they do have lim- limited coverage with a Medicare Advantage plan. I'm talking about traditional Medicare uh, A and B, um, and and or your supplement. That you know. Um, so, I think to to me those you know I mean let's face it here I don't know if people have looked at the price of hearing aids but I've got clients that pay Whoa. several thousand dollars. For yes, hearing aids. exactly. I know that's exactly what they cost. Yeah. 
you know, they're expensive, expensive. And I can't help but think there's got to be a lot of people walking around, you know, that don't hear real well or don't see real well or something because they can't afford it. Yep. And, and to me, I, I think we should be offering those. I think this is, this country is so wealthy. We should be, we should not have, you know, we, we can do better. And, and one of the ways we can pay for this pro pay for these changes is by giving the government the ability to negotiate drug prices, which I believe they allow the VA, for instance, to do right now. Um, and I believe Medicaid can negotiate drug prices. So, but Medicare, you know, for some reason cannot negotiate. And, and there's all kinds of studies out there, guys. We pay far more than everybody else on the planet. We're the ones that are financing it for the rest of the world. Right. Um, you know, and the other thing they're talking about is lowering eligibility age to 60, which I'd be a big fan of too, because because the Medicare, the cost of Medicare is far less than I pay as a 57 year old right now. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. And they, and these are all things, I mean, you stay on top of that, Kevin, and uh, you know, you always are on the, the, the leading edge of all of these things that are, are going to affect us as we get into, uh, in, in, you know, into retirement. Yeah, no, no question about it. And, and you know what, I have yet to meet one person that said they hate Medicare. I've never had anybody say they don't like Medicare, you know, and, and I think it's been a fantastic government program. Um, and I think it should be, you know, I think we need to, we need to re, you know, strengthen the finances of Medicare and guys, the other part, there is, there was news recently about Medicare going broke sooner than expected. Um, and so, you know, that's Medicare part a it's funded differently than Medicare part B. So it's the hospital part a, that's going to have the funding problem sooner. Um, it's not the part B side of it for what it's worth. Uh, and, and there's a lot of ways we can fix it and get it taken care of. Um, but they got to stop kicking it down the road, you know? Well, that, and boy, isn't Washington really good at that? So they're great. They're great at it. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, man. I, I mean, I, I don't, they've been talking about some of these things, you know, for decades it's, trying to get them changed. Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, hey, before we run out of time, I want to, I got to ask you pure growth. Um, it was kind of a weird week in the market. And, yeah. and Thursday was, you know, kind of a blowout, I think. But uh, what do you it's, think? How, how are things looking for you? It's, you know what? It's been crazy. I'll tell you what, for my, for my trading accounts, I've got a little heavier cash position right now. Um, I'm anywhere between 30 and 50% cash in my trading, in my trading accounts, mm -hmm. which are short-term accounts. I'm just looking for if I can see a little. There's a good chance we see some market weakness in the next few weeks. There's a lot of indicators like the advanced decline line and several other things that are getting more bearish. Um, so the short-term indicators look like we could see some weakness. Plus September is, is, I believe the weakest month of the year. Right. Um, so we got a little heavier cash position. I'll tell you right now we are, we're sitting on a gain of 38.8% for the year. Um, we are down about five or 6% from our all time high. And, um, and we haven't made a lot. Most of that gain was made in the first four or five months of the year, sure. to be honest. Um, you know, and over the last few months, the markets really haven't done a whole heck of a lot. Um, especially if you look at small cap growth, small cap growth is a lot of the stocks that I, that I, we do in pre-growth are, are on the smaller side. Uh, I mean, we're sitting on a beautiful profit. 38% is a fantastic That's year. Absolutely we, fantastic. Yeah. You know, so, so if we don't make anything else for the rest of the year, I, I'm okay with that. I can live with that, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, but right now I do in, in that portfolio, I'm, I'm at about 30% cash right now. Uh, thinking we might see a little, see a little bit of weakness, and I'd like to, you know, and that's when I'd like to deploy some more capital. Sure. Well, again, I mean, it's always good to get an update on that and and uh, what you're what you're doing. And so, uh, you know, again, I, I guess in the coming weeks, Kevin, we're we're going to be keeping our eye on Washington and and how that's going to affect folks getting into retirement. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, there, there's all, there always seems to be a lot going on, but we definitely want to stay up to speed on those things. And, 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 you know, you can always call, you know, call your Congressman's office and say, Hey, I like some of these provisions. I would like to see Medicare, you know, add vision and dental and hearing. You let them know. Well, and they do listen, don't they? I mean, that does have an impact, believe it or not. It, it does have it. It does have an impact because they. I think they do a lot of stuff. Th- they do a lot of things, thinking that oh, they're not going to notice. You know, if we don't if we don't tell them about it, they're not going to know. Yeah. And and so I think when you let them know that you are paying attention, I think that's when they actually act the way they're supposed to, or at least a, <laughs> or at least a little bit closer to that way, right? I think uh, so. You know, as in representing the people that voted them into office, and and doing what's best for their constituents as opposed to what's best for the pharmaceutical lobby that's giving money to their campaign. <laughs> I like how you think, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, so that's, that's what you're going to leave us with this week, right? That's what I'm going to leave you with, guys. Let's, you know, let's strengthen Medicare and expand it so all of us get good health care. provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.